The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Don't treat me like a woman. Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Forever Young Cast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined once again by Madame Lizette. How are you? Hi. Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And we're also joined once again by Miss Jupiter Jula. Hello. 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 <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hope everybody is doing well. Hope y'all had a good weekend. Mm-hmm. I did. I did. I did. Hope you're your various sports teams were successful in the tackle football? They were not, but it's okay. Oh, okay. Well, I'm get boycotting. Them, get them again next week. Um, I mean, I'm not watching it. My mom watches it because that's her thing. I'm not watching it, but um, anything that's Packer related, I'm going to always be there for it. So. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. I, my contact sport of choice is hockey. It's ice hockey. So I'm good. Yes, coming back in about two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to the Stars game on the thirtieth, I think. My friend my cousin got free tickets, so we're going. Yeah. I'm excited. The Forever Young Cast can be found on CSPN. You can find us on the web at CSPN.us. So ladies, we have episode three that has came and went the third first round matchups so we start off with Caitlyn versus Kavita DeVee Caitlyn escapes a Samoa drop and follows with strikes and then she hits a shoulder tackle Caitlyn slams Kavita and then she hits a drop kick she eventually hits a nice looking cannonball and then she follows that by a spear and Caitlyn gets the victory over Kavita DeVee so, Caitlin's coming back for the first time in many, many years to show these young girls that she still's got it. You know, <laughs> she was back in the diva era of the WWE women's division. And she looked pretty good. Um, another kind of, you know, small, quick wrestler versus a, a stronger, more, you know, powerful potting wrestler. So, Miss Jupiter Julep, mm. how did you think? Caitlin fared in her first appearance in many, many years in the WWE. So I think I said this the last time, but I am not familiar with Caitlin, so I was really watching her. Or maybe I said that was about um, Ashley Rain. So I knew the name, and I, as far as Caitlin is, wasn't familiar with her that much. I remember her having the blonde in her hair, um, but. It was good to see her now and to see what she could do and to see how she would fare, uh, not only in this very talented pool, but let's say that she did parlay this into uh, more engagements with the WWE. What would that look like? Uh, I was, I'm not going to say I was impressed, but she did remind me of, uh, you know, like the auntie finding her, her, her nice pair of red pumps and putting them on and looking jazzy with them. Um, having said that, I thought the match was kind of clunky. Um, while I know that Kavita is improving, 
uh, I was surprised to to learn that she was only five nine because uh, she looked so large or, uh, when she was in the ring at WrestleMania thirty four that I really thought that she was super tall. And then in the ring against Caitlyn, I thought, oh, she's not that tall. So I looked it up, and she's five nine. I know that she's a power champion, power lifter. So I did think that she was going to have more power moves, but um, the she was lumbering a little. But I can see that she's improving, and I'm interested in seeing uh, what they'll both do in the future. And I did think that Caitlyn deserved the win and to move on to round two, but I don't think she's going to win the whole um, tournament. Gotcha. Felisa, I'm going to bring you in right now, Madam Lizette. Your thoughts on Caitlyn returning? I know you were interested in seeing what her look was going to be and just, you know, changes after the many years off from wrestling. So what were your thoughts and did they meet your expectations? So um, I remember Caitlyn because right around the time when I started watching wrestling, she was feuding with AJ Lee, if I remember correctly. And then she was just kind of like, next thing I know, she was gone. So... I remembered her, but I didn't remember her, and I forgot to go back and, like, watch some old Raws, some old SmackDowns, just so I could, like, familiarize myself with her, because I kind of wanted more of a clean palette, and just kind of go in with, like, no real expectations. She looks good in the ring, and she looks a lot more, like, confident and sure of herself as well. Even, like, her walk out to the ring, I was like, this this look on her face and, like, this body language she's giving me is different than what I remember when she was in WWE all those years ago. Um, I thought that the crowd reaction wasn't as strong as I anticipated it being. Like, I expected the crowd to be, like, super geeked because she was a previous, you know, WWE diva. But then I also realized that some of the people in the crowd are probably, like, me and Jupiter Julep. And, like, I'm not really sure who she is because they haven't, you know, she hasn't been on WWE television in a while. Um, I thought Kavita was confident or even more confident than she was last year she has learned how to bump a lot better she didn't feel as stiff as she did last year so I was actually really excited for both of them because I could just tell how they both have improved and changed from you know the year that Kavita had and then just Caitlin in the five or six seven eight years that she's been gone or whatever I thought the match was aggressive um and really told a good story and I think Caitlyn did a good job with Kavita with her being inexperienced. And I think Kavita did a good job to be so inexperienced and this being like her four, her third televised match, I think. So overall, I thought it was a good match. It was short and to the point. So they didn't like extend it out too long or like make it too short where you're like, well, that was a waste or that was a squash. And it did a good job to just showcase their growth as wrestlers. So that was my opinion on the match. I have a question. For both of you, did Caitlyn come out to her same interest music that she used before, or is this a generic tournament interest theme? That I was wondering about too, because when she came out, I didn't recognize the music. So I think it's different, but Don probably had to be the one to double check that. But I think she used different music this time around. I wasn't watching WWE that hard during that era so i have no idea this is my really my first time really watching her wrestle so i have no idea about the interest music or any of that type of stuff but uh i'm pretty sure there's somebody who will listen and watch darwin i.e right that'll that'll clarify the the question for us if if we don't find an answer before the end of the program here of time of recording 
Well, what did you think of the match since this is your first time seeing Caitlyn? I thought she was fine. Um, I thought they told a pretty good story. I thought she moved around pretty good. She showed some um, pretty good, you know, wrestling uh, mobility. She kept the pace up. Um, I, I thought she was fine. You know, I, I didn't come away saying, oh, man, they shouldn't have brought her in or she took a spot away from somebody who was younger or deserved it. I thought she presented herself uh, well. So thumbs up for me. Now we have my fave, Tony Storm versus Jenny. Now these two have some history of, as they've wrestled several times in different promotions. Uh, of course, Tony Storm is coming into this trying to, you know, realize her potential this year. She came oh so close last year. And Jenny, her thing is like she's a fashionista. She's, you know, really slender type build, but very athletic. So this should be a very fun matchup. Jenny rolls Tony Storm into a surfboard. Tony Storm manages to get an arm free and makes the ropes. Jenny follows with the ground and pound, and then she yells at Tony Storm and then slaps Tony Storm. Storm cuts her off with a big boot and then hits a snap German tuplex. Tony Storm follows up with the ass attack and then she hits Storm Zero for the win. So Tony Storm advances on to the next round. I thought this was a really good match. Pretty even back and forth. Um, Tony Storm had to, you know, dig pretty deep to pull out the victory. She got the victory with her finisher. So I thought this was very, very good and very, very fun. But I'm very, very biased to Tony Storm. So I'll bring in Jupiter Julep on this one again. I'll let you start first again. What do you think about Tony Storm and her effort? Oh, I have to flip it. Um, the star that came away from me was Jenny. Uh, she's the one I wanted to look up. I mean, Tony Storm, I met her last year. Well, you know, on the, not in person, but uh, through the television. And she was fine. She was serv- serviceable. I mean, obviously, lots of uh, potential. And then I thought, yada, yada, yada. Let's talk about Jenny. Um, what I liked about her was the fashionista thing. Her costume was really good. And it made me wonder, is she calling herself a fashionista? Like you said, okay, she's slender. Or is this something that she carries through? Well, in my uh, Twitter investigation, this is something that she carries through. So her ring costumes are very good. Now, I couldn't confirm that it was designed by Alexander McQueen as the commentary booth reported. But I did see lots of great ring gear in different colors, um, short, long, all of that. She even has a t-shirt that's far better than a lot of the women's t-shirts in the WWE. So this design thing that she has going on is interesting. Um, and she also has a hashtag called Yes Queen, which I'm not a fan of, but I do like the effort in terms of marketing and carrying a character all the way through. Now, the match, I was really impressed. I mean, you could see that they had a familiarity with each other. Um, Again, in my Twitter investigation, I learned that Jenny is a progress champion or was a progress champion. So they're taking that rivalry all around the world. Uh, That familiarity showed it was a great boost uh, from the first match. So the first match was okay. 
And then we started climbing. Um, and I think that this got the crowd into it. Like, oh, okay, we're here. This is going to be a good set of matches. And I was impressed with both of them. Again, Tony Storm, she did what she came to do. So I guess that was good um, in terms of people knew she was going to to do well. I was surprised that she didn't really get the pop that I thought she was going to get because she did so well last year and she is kind of familiar. Um, I didn't make a note about um, the Motley crew. Look, since we're talking about looks really quickly, uh, the commentary booth was trying to put over that Tony Storm is a rock star, that Tony Storm is influenced by Motley Crue. And I'm a child of the 80s. I'm real familiar with hair metal and Motley Crue. And I did not see that at all. I was like, where's the hairspray? Where is like the the uh, the bright blue or whatever eyeshadow? She should actually look like she could star in Glow because that's also set in the 80s. And she didn't. She She looked like someone who, like a kid playing dress up and not even a good one. So I was kind of disappointed in uh, that build of her character against Jenny, the fashionista. And I'll stop there. And tag in Madame Lizette. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the tag. Um, so Tony Storm is doing a little bit differently this time around. So she's not so top hat. Um, and smiley, she's a little bit more rock star and confident, but I still like Jupiter Julep was just like, no, Jenny's awesome. So Jenny was giving me Posh Spice vibes. Like, I was like, her and Victoria Beckham are best friends. Like, this is where I'm going with this in my head. I thought her mm-hmm. ring gear was good. I thought their match was really good. I like the chemistry between them. I was, it's kind of one of those like, wow, we couldn't have done this match later on in the series just because it is an actual rivalry that takes place outside the WWE and they have that familiarity. So why not have them wrestle each other? Maybe, you know, in the semifinals, something like that. So I thought the match was good. I thought I had a good finish. I like Jenny's aggressiveness. She said like, I'm one of those um, wrestlers who, when I wrestle my, you know, people, I don't care about like their wellness. I'm here to beat them. And she carried that over into the match. And I appreciated that because sometimes, They'll do that in their promo and say, oh, I'm just as bad as and I'm going to do this, this, and this. And then they get in the ring and you're like, girl, where's 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 all that aggression you were talking about earlier? I'm confused. I got lost in translation. So I thought they, you know, had good pace. They had good spacing because I know last week we talked about, like, there being a spacing issue in a couple of matches. They had good spacing between them. Um, I wanted to see more. I just wanted to get a better feel of the match, a better feel of them. And everything, but I'm excited because it looks like Jenny is signed to WWE, so she's gonna be on the NXT UK brand, which means we're gonna see them wrestle each other ten times over once the UK brand is up and running. So overall, good match. I agree with your assessment. Overall, good match. This is the Forever Young cast. We're found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Next up, we have Zia Lee versus Karen Q. Now, Karen Q has only been wrestling for a couple of years. She comes from a gymnastics background. Um, I think she was of Chinese descent, I think. And so was Zia Lee. Zia Lee was in last year's um, Megan Classic, and she might have been 
the worst prospect that anybody has ever seen. Um, and she would probably admit to that her, herself. But she has made a lot of improvements, and so she's coming out to prove herself and her uh, competition that, you know, show her competition that she's definitely much better than she was last year. Karen Q hits a full Nelson slam for a two count. Karen grounds things, and then Zia Lee battles back with strikes and kicks. Zia Lee spin kicks Karen, and that gets a two count. Karen then cuts Zia Lee off and hits a Samoa drop. Karen goes up top, and she misses a frog, a frog splash, and Zia Lee hits the Robinson special, and Zia Lee gets the win. So, Madam Lizette, I'll let you start off with this one. I thought that this match was like... Started off really cool with the like Mortal Kombat kind of like face off, and then they went into all the like martial arts stuff, and then it was really like one sided towards Karen Q, and then she makes one mistake, and then Zaylee hits one move, and then we get a finish. So I was kind of like, oh, you got me at the beginning, but you kind of lost me with the flow of the match and then the finish. But I'll let you speak your thoughts on how you thought this particular match played out. So, um. I had I was messing with Yuka really while I was watching her do this match, and like I told her, I was like, I feel like Karen Q is the more Americanized Chinese character, while um, Zia Lee is the more like Chinese character who is coming to coming to America and fitting in and settling in. Like I know that Renee and them made a point to sh- to say like she learned English in just a year, and then I remember Karen Q saying like I know three or four languages. So I could see how they were comparing them, just their characters and their backgrounds. They were like, Karen Q's from Chinatown, while Zaylee is from China. Like, let's make a point to make this stuff stand out. And at first, I was like, uh, you know, let me slap my head because that's annoying. But then that when Zaylee came out, I liked her entrance. Like, I really liked the fact that when she got in the ring, she did her whole fan dance. I thought that was beautiful. And then the first sequence that they did before they really, like, started the match was very um, Crouching Tiger hitting Dragon on me. And I was like, okay, I'm invested. Y'all got me. Because like, I, I, I love stuff like that. Like, I love martial arts type movies. I love, like, the Asian culture. So, for me, I was sold. Um, I do agree with you, Don, that it was very one-sided. But I think that was because um, they were really trying to show what Karen Q could do since she doesn't have a wrestling background. And she doesn't have a martial arts background. Um, Zia Lee, I think they said she has a kung fu background. So they were, you know, stark differences between being a gymnast and actually, you know, being a martial artist in a form. So the one-sidedness didn't bother me 100% because I thought it was a good idea to showcase Karen Q, especially since we saw Zia Lee last year. I didn't think she was awful last year. I just think she was out of her element and it takes an adjustment. Now she's got, she's been with, you know, the WWE for a year, she's been training and you can just see like her confidence is even better and she's even more like graceful and just in the ring. Um, I thought that the frog splash looked weird to me when Karen Q hit it. Like I looked at it and I was like, I'm not sure if that's how I remember it's supposed to be done, but I thought the finish was good. I think the match being the way that it was, was okay. I think the whole point of it was to kind of show off Karen Q, show off that Zia Lee has improved. She can take a bump and she can sell. 
And then, you know, she gets a hit in her kicks, which is kind of what they do with Oscar. Like, Oscar gets a hit in her kicks. Next thing you know, the match is over. And it kind of was that same thing. The match ended. I was happy with it. I really enjoyed the match. I thought it had, like, a lot of high energy and just um, a good tail between the two of them. And like I said, that first sequence that they did kind of drew, drew me in. And I bet y'all just having, like, rose-colored glasses the rest of the time. So that was my opinion on the match. All right. This Jupiter Jewel, I'll let you weigh in. Um, what do you think about Zia Lee's improvement from last year when it came to her performance versus Karen Q in this year's Mae Young Classic? So I think that there was a lot of pressure on Zia Lee because uh, she was the first Chinese woman to ever compete in a WWE ring. And... Um, so I think that, that people were looking for her to have more of the showing that she had this year, last year. And again, because you are the first, uh, I think that there was a pressure, a lot of pressure on her to redeem herself from last year. So I agree with a lot of the things uh, that the two of you said. I can't say the other word because, you know, who will pop out um, and comment with us. But the uh, I think the only thing that I will add is I'm going to read a tweet from Karen Q. And she said, this moment was very special for me. Two Chinese women fighting to represent our culture and country. To all people who didn't know, nor didn't care who we were, we didn't need to demand your attention. You fell in love with the story we told. That itself is a win for me. And I agree with that. It was all about the storytelling for me. And if you're going to tell a story about culture, I think that they did it right because you had a Chinese American and a Chinese person in America and the bowing and the show was a show of respect. It was not a stereotype. The entrances, the fans, the, the costuming, it was all done to show, to tell a story, to explain who they were. And it wasn't a stereotype. Now I, I think some of the problem is when you have the commenters not know, well, there are three white people, even though two are Canadian and one is Cole. Um, <laughs> I don't know where you're from. Listen, man, I don't know where you're from. I mean, he talks about Texas a little bit. So out of respect for you, one is Cole. Um, it's kind of, they don't know how to deal uh, with storytelling in terms of culture. It, it, you know, it was apparent to me when MJ Jenkins was there and they were like, girl, her natural beauty because she has an afro. And I was like, oh, dear God, someone sit down with her and say, refrain from blackness out of your mouth or trying to explain it or whatever it is you're doing. Just don't do it. Um, so I think that just them telling the story in the ring with the subtleties and if it put another way, the Easter eggs that they provided was enough. And I appreciated it, and I liked the match, and I think that it got the biggest pop of the night. I agree. I agree. So we move into our main event of the evening: Mia Yim versus Allison K. The story going into this is another matchup of two ladies who are very familiar with each other. Mia Yim is responsible for breaking Allison K's nose once upon a time. Mia Yim is coming at this in a different style this year. Last year, she was all about her kicks and her kind of martial arts judo style. But this year, she's coming in with a more hardcore, rugged, 
wrestling style. And Allison K, I thought she did a great job in her video package of explaining who she was, what she was about, um, her moves, and um, kind of, you know, if you, you know, for somebody who didn't know anything about her, she used her minute and a half segments and definitely highlight, you know, some major traits about her. So we'll get into the match. Mia Yim counters the AK-47 to a code red for two. Mia Yim is dazed, but she lays in some chops. Allison K cuts Mia off with the rolling lariat, and that gets a two count. Allison K can't believe it because that was her finisher. She calls that the big D. Um, Mia Yim heads up top. Allison K cuts her off, and Mia Yim follows her back up. Mia Yim headbutts K to the mat, and then she hits Soul Food off the ropes, which is basically a eat the feet. And Mia Yim gets the pinfall, and she advances to the next round. Miss Madame Lizette, Mia Yim, I like the vignette. She, um, you know, talked about how last year she was not satisfied with how she personally performed, and this year she was coming in with a different style. So what did you think of the new style Mia Yim displayed in this episode? So I liked Mia Yim and this new attitude that she's going for and this, you know, cockiness that she's having and like the feel of it. I'm good with it. I thought it was, I thought it worked. Um, This being my second time seeing her, I would say there has been an improvement. Like I remember watching her matches last year and being like, there's just, there's some, there's a, there's a sloppiness. Um. And I guess that's probably because I'm used to watching WWE and their female wrestlers and there's a crispness about them and the product they put on and the indies are not necessarily like that. So I think that she has improved from last year to this year. Um, Allison Kay was cool. This being my very first time seeing her in a match. I had, I've seen her on Twitter and like she's come across my timeline a couple of times. And I know when they first announced her for the Mae Young Classic, I checked out her timeline and just kind of looked at, like, her matches and her looks and her style. I like her whole pinkies up, that she does everything like a lady. I think that's a good moniker um, for her. And that'll be a good slogan if she decides to sign a WWE. They'll turn that into a whole um, system. I, As far as the match goes, I think that AK was a bit clunky in the beginning. But as her and Mia kind of warmed up and got into a rhythm i feel like the match itself improved um i like the aggression in the match i also like the story that they were telling which was um nice to see somebody or two wrestlers who have real history kind of like um guinea and tony storm like they have legitimate history with each other so not only is this like we're competing for the main classic but this is kind of like i have to prove myself to you and prove to you that i'm the better wrestler and that what you did to me breaking my nose, like, I'm going to break you next. Like, it felt like actual legitimate brief, uh, beef. I like the fact that they also called it the, what is it, the Frenemies World Tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was kind of cute. If it was, if there was ever a chance that both of them were going to sign a WWE, they could run that out and, like, make a good storyline out of it and everything. So, I like that, and it kind of makes me want to go back and see if I can watch any of their old uh, matches a part of this Frenemies World Tour um, and just seeing how it goes. But overall, I thought the match was pretty good. The eat the feet off the top rope or the second rope, I like it, but I don't like it. It just, 
it just felt like there wasn't enough space or something. I don't know. And I know it might be because AK is just taller than me and him. And so it just looks funny. Because um, when they initially did it, I was like, wait, what did she do? So I rewinded it and watched it again. And I was like, oh, that's the move she hit. And I was like, I don't know if I like that. Because it's just one of those finishers that I'm like, it can be good. But if the person doesn't know how to take the bump or if they just don't take the bump well, it's a finisher that I find to be a little bit sloppy in a form. But outside of that, I thought the story was good. I thought the match was good. And I'm happy that Mia is moving forward with it. Miss Jupiter Julep, we'll bring you in here. Mm-hmm. What did you think um, about the Christmas of this match? Did you think it was a lot of you know missed spots or sloppiness? Give me a critique on, on the match quality of this one. So I had some free time on Wednesday and I watched it live and, and was tweeting a little bit and I stopped live tweeting to really watch this match. The first comment I have is about the Blasian baddie Mia Yim. I'm glad to be calling her the Blasian baddie. Last year, uh, I did not like her presentation, her um introduction and everything about her before she hit the ring. And that is because I feel that the WWE packaged her as a victim and she wrestled like a victim, you know, because like, oh, she's a domestic violence survivor as if that's all she was. So they referenced it this year, but they talked about it more in a position of strength of like, yeah, so she's doing something about it in terms of philanthropic acts. So I liked that it was in the background as a reference to last year, but it is not what they led with. They led with her as an athlete who has been doing this for many years. And oh, by the way, is currently on the Frenemies World Tour, Eat Your Heart Out, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And it was like, okay, I'm here for that presentation. And, And Halissa said it all to me yesterday when she called Allison K Bubba Sparks because I wrote down under Allison K <laughs> Pinky's up influences bad news brown and black scent. <laughs> so and you know the aka Sienna. Um I thought that that was yeah she Bubba Sparks says it all from the AK uh and the moniker to or references to guns and you talk about the pinkies up she too has all of the merchandise ready and packaged about that. Uh, when she had her package, Allison had her introductory package and she said, bad news Brown was her influence in Detroit all day. I was like, wait, what? what? It, it, it made me stop because I thought, well, wouldn't Eminem be a better choice, but all right. Uh, with that black scent. And I just let it roll. Bad news Brown, much respect to bad news Brown because I also dug him back in the day. Um, I think the high spot was that hand injury that uh, Mia Yim did. So she was going for a chop and Allison K ducked and you could really hear it. And, uh, you know, and she howled in straight up pain. I think they did a good job in, in um, selling that injury. I would also say that in this match was the first time that I noticed that the commentary uh, from Cole, Phoenix, and uh, Young really, really started gelling. They did a good job in reminding people about that spot with the hand and, oh, what's she going to do? And and putting the wrestlers over and the moves over. So, yeah, I will say that some of it was sloppy, but they did a good job in 
keeping the matches uh, momentum going in terms of here's what you're seeing and here's why it might be the way that it is. So I appreciated that. Um, I did like the soul food finish. I thought that was, I like the name of it. And I am looking forward to see Mia Yim versus Caitlyn in round two. And I thought about it and if those two and what they were presenting and uh, with both those matches, because they almost bookended each other to me. Mia Yim did kind of mirror Caitlyn um, in terms of performance, you know, that night. And I thought, huh, who would I rather see go over based on their performance that night? Because to me, they're going to be very evenly matched. and. I'll think about that if we preview uh, matches at the end of the episode. Jupiter, do you live to kind of hear me? You said that they booked me um, like as a victim last year. Uh-huh. And that's kind of what they're doing with um, Caitlyn this year. They're like, she's been through so much and she's yeah. going through so much. Like, they kept doing that. Yes. And I, and I was like, guys, y'all also. I understand that she has been through a lot since she left the WWE, but like she was also like a champion in WWE and she was strong and she wasn't a bad baby face at all from the parts of stuff that I remember of her. And like they kind of now they've swapped it. So I'm like, okay, in thinking about it, we're going to preview the match. Um, I feel like Mia Yim's going to go over because it's going to show mm-hmm. her growth from last year to this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like if, ne- if next year, Caitlyn like is in the May Young Classic, which we don't know that or whatever, then she'll get booked in the way that me and Yim is being booked now. Like they'll swap it again. There'll be another victory for them to talk about. But I do agree that I do like the improvement of her going from like this kind of somber, sad tale to like, I'm strong, I'm powerful and I'm, you know, taking names, kicking ass and doing my thing. Like, I think that that's really important. Um, I do like the fact too that when they did talk about like the work that she does with domestic violence and everything, they mm-hmm. waited to the entrance as everything was done and like they said it and they gave it a like a spot. Cause mm-hmm. I think I wouldn't I can't remember if it was Cole or Young, but one of them was like, We'll talk about the work that she does in just a second. And then AK came out, they did her entrance, and then they said, This is what me and him has been doing. And I almost missed it because I was like, Wait, why are they pausing? Because I you know forgot but then when they took a moment to actually make a point to bring it up I was like okay that's a good recognition to give her to say you know she still is out here doing this work yeah and I think that your point almost echoes what oh she didn't say anything this time um last week when I talked about characters with some of the white competitors where they're they don't really have a character Right. It's it's like, oh, I want to do this to prove that girls are strong or I want to do this because I'm a mom. And I mean, and 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 then it's like, oh, and now we can add to that. Oh, I was a domestic violence victim and like feel sorry for me. I'm an underdog. And it's like, can't you do better? So it does make Allison Kay's character where she's like, yeah, pinkies up. I'm here to I'm here to, like you said, kick ass and take names and and then also jenny where i'm better than all of you combined and i look better than and i look better than all of you and i look better than your mama your grandmama <laughs> your babies your lineage sucks because i am here like you right. know and, it, and look at how we're drawn to them versus you know everyone else <laughs> yeah yeah i thought about that too when 
I was watching it, I was like, these are the first two, like, white, European, Caucasian, whatever you want to call them, women who came out and their story is like, they actually have a character for me mm-hmm. to invest in. And like, it has a look and a style and everything. And I was like, yo, these are like, this is what Jupiter was talking about. Like, yeah. where are these girls that have character? And apparently we got it. Because like, even Tony Storm, she doesn't, like, she just looks like that annoying kid, you know, from like Powerpuff Girls, one of the like Roddy Rough Boys. <laughs> and like, it's still not a full fleshed out character because she's mm-hmm. like, she's, she's still not picking whether or not she's going to be the baby face or she's going to be the heel. She's still kind of teetering in that. And it's still like, I came to prove myself while like she's fighting Jenny and Jenny's like, look, I'm pristine. I'm beautiful. Like I said, she gives me posh spice vibes. Like mm-hmm. Victoria Beckham is her home girl. And there's, mm-hmm. you can't tell me that that's not true because that's what, she, that's what she gives me. Or AK, even though I do say she's Bubba Sparks or she sounds like Bubba Sparks, she still has a character behind her that I'm like, you know what? I like that character. Mm-hmm. I like her ring gear. I like how she wrestles. I like the way that she was, you know, being aggressive and what she was saying to me again. And the fact that she has an axe to grind. All those yeah. things matter. So it was nice, like, for us to get, like, two white females who actually had character behind them. And it wasn't just, I'm just here to do my very best. And I'm just here to prove myself. It's like, girl, everybody's here to prove themselves. Everybody's yeah. here to do that. Like, that's the whole motivation for this. What else you got? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm blonde? I mean, girl, no. And then, <laughs> right. And then it also carries out in merchandise because with the character, you can literally see that they have thought it through to the point where they are selling merchandise. They have hashtags. Like they are a complete package. Like they could go in all in and, and, you know, like and make some money because they're already there. Right. And I, and Tony Storm, I thought about it more. I know that she's your favorite Don. So, you know, Cape for her if you must. Although I gotta throw a little shade to Dawn. Dawn also likes um what's that child? He likes to listen oh, to Lord. No, girl. not even her. No, no, we gonna even go worse. Uh-oh. Oh my what's that child's name that was with Apollo Creed and uh Cameron? No. Oh, you're talking about Dana called- Brooke, the enforcer. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Her. <laughs> so all right, you know, taste is questionable to me, but all right, if you put Tony Storm in the WWE right now, do you see her character standing out? Or could you see her being a matched set with someone to complement someone else's character? No, her character would stand out just because her character, a lot of it is in ring. It's not necessarily the walk to the ring as it seems to be on Raw, that's a big part of the people's character where they come out to the ring and all that, and then they get in the ring and then they just wrestle the same way every week, minus one move here or there. But Tony Storm's whole style, I think, is her wrestling style is a little bit different. It's different than everybody else's in uh, that you see in current WWE right now. So I think that that would translate well because she does have the charisma and stuff to carry off like being on raw but then she actually have really good matches and her in-ring style would would get her over as well so who do you think that she would uh put together good programs with 
anybody that can really wrestle like um just depends on what design that they want her you know where do they position her they don't what's happening is they only have a handful of like really good heel wrestling women right now and like alexa bliss mickey james um alicia fox um and that's really the ones that I really would like want to see. Maybe like Ruby Riot. Those are like kind of the four main heel girls. So I think her and Ruby Riot would have great matches and great chemistry and could do some pretty cool things if they got matched up in a program together. So like Goth versus Rock. Yeah. Yeah. If you need a if you need a theme about it, I wasn't really thinking about like thinking of, of it like that just thinking about you know competitive in-ring competent to you know a person who can go and, and match her in-ring ability i think i think i'm very high on ruby riot mm-hmm. I, I, am know, too. I don't know how everybody else feels but i think that she's a really good wrestler and that she just needs an opportunity to get a chance at carrying a title and she could you know elevate herself even higher I agree with you, Don. Um, I used to be kind of like when she was baby facing it up. I was like, "Oh, girl!" And she was still <laughs> very new in NXT, so she was still, you know, learning how to take a bump and just wrestle and stuff. But um, I can honestly say I don't know if it was just like Vince and Triple H saying, "You're going to the main roster; it's your time," or what. But ever since she got to the main roster, her in ring ability and her mic skill—I didn't even know she could talk. Because they were having her do the babyface thing down in NXT. She is so much better than she used to be. And she's grown so much. And I really hope that she gets a title shot sooner than later. Because I feel like with her and the fact that she has the riot squad behind her. Like Mm -hmm. she could be a really good heel um, that we can enjoy. And also like want the babyface to be at the same time. Like appreciate her for what she is. But then also be like, well, I hope such so beats you, or I, like I hope Ember beats you, or you know, I hope Naya beats you, or whatever. I hope Bailey or Sasha do it. Like, I wish they maybe would have kept her on SmackDown. Um, but seeing as how Becky Lynch is now like the heel over there, I'm okay with her being on Raw. I just hope they figure out what they're doing with the women on Raw and SmackDown so that the storylines start making sense. Because right now it just feels like I'm watching the same six-man tag match or six-woman tag match every week <laughs> over and over and over again. Just to wrap it up on uh, Allison K. Mm-hmm. The the Bad News Brown, Bad News Allen uh, caught my attention as well and I was like, huh, when he used to come to the ring and talk bad about white folks, she just must be sitting in a room like, oh, those are some other white folks, not me. <laughs> oh, she was all testify. What you talking about?
I get exactly what we're getting out of this. I, you know what? Because she had the character, I I was thinking about, okay, where could she fit? Because I will be honest in saying, I don't see footage of Shimmer or Progress or any of the other promotions. So I was wondering, like, where could she, like, in the WWE, who could she put a program in if I wanted to see more of her? Who would I put her against in, and what would that look like? And the only person I could think of was Charlotte. And um, and that is because Charlotte wants to be, what, the queen? And it's like, I'm the queen, and I'm from the queen city, and all of this other stuff. And with Pinky's up, like, girl, no. So I would I would think that uh, I would be interested to see what they could do there. Uh, I, I mean, her style is so much different from Charlotte. So I don't know how that chemistry would work in the ring. But I mean, good on her. I do hope to see her um, in other places. And can I just talk about Foxy real quick? Oh, goodness. I love Foxy. I wish Foxy could do more. And Foxy, to me, is giving us all of the fashion moments of, like, if nothing else, she comes out and she looks amazing. And I would love to see her go against Jenny. Either uh, they could be a fashionista team and just give us all of the runway moments every or couture every single week or um, literally go against each other to say who, who has the better fashion. I don't know. But I was uh, all in all, I like this week's set of matches and the people, the wrestlers and competitors that I was introduced to. Yeah, I did too. I really enjoyed this week. Like I was like, oh, this is my favorite match. Well, no, now I really like this one. I was like, well, I like this one a lot too. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm at the fourth match. And I really like that one. So I guess I don't really <laughs> have a favorite because this whole show was really good, especially since last week's show I felt like was a little bit lackluster. Mm-hmm. And then the first, the first show, I felt like the first two matches were good, but the last two matches were great. And so there was like that split. But this one, I felt like was a strong episode from beginning to end. And it told like good stories from beginning to end. And I'm even more excited to see these women, the ones who lost and who are going to stay with WWE, the ones who lost who are going to go and still wrestle for progress or evolve or whoever. And then the ones who won and seeing where they go and what happens in the next round. So. It was a good episode for me. Yeah, I have a question that you two may be able to answer. Um, I know that this was like the round one and round two was taped over two days, right? A couple, yeah, a couple of days. I think so. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. A, I think it was like three. I think it was like three or four days. Oh, three or four days. Do you think that for television's sake that they picked and shoot chose which episodes to make up which like which matches to make up which episode? Or do you think that this is just the um, the block of matches as they came? Well, it's how yeah. they. If you if you look at the way if you look at the bracket, mm-hmm. they may have they may have decided to they may have like you said filmed all the matches and then decided they knew the matchups but they didn't know mm-hmm. which matches they wanted to put together. Right. So basically, it's a match from every quadrant of the bracket makes yeah. up these first round okay. matches so they might not have basically you sat there and watched the four matches as they 
happened, but you watched them at some point, and then they just put them in whatever order. Oh well, then it was. I'll be honest in saying that I've I started to look up some information about the Mayan Classic, and then realized I was getting into spoilers, and I didn't want no, to. Spoil. Don't do that. So don't I stopped. So, but had to 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 WWE production though because they have grouped them for television quite well. And uh, another hat tip to fe- new female res- uh, referee, Aubrey Edwards. Yes, I was, really was I excited about that. Yeah. I was very happy about that. And I was like, yo, there's a second re- female wrestler that's our female referee. I was like, oh, that's awesome. And also, shout out to, like, the commentary team. Mm-hmm. I realized that if Renee had less events in her ear, she would be a lot better on commentary because listening to her on the Mae Young Classic and listening to her on Raw, it's total opposite. It's day and night for me, at least. Because on Raw, I always feel like she's waiting for the moment to say something and then she says it, but it feels like it's very, like, rehearsed and staged. While listening to her and Beth and Cole, I'm like, no, they, they sound like they're all having a good time and they're getting, you know, they're bantering off of each other and I enjoy the three-man commentary or the three-people-person commentary booth. I even like Cole, which that's a whole other thing. So I think that this episode was the episode I was like, yo, they all sound really good together, and they're giving me, like, good information about the wrestlers and good information about the matches, and mm-hmm. I'm enjoying this because it's a little bit harder on Raw and SmackDown. I'm just like, why are all of y'all talking? Or, like, why isn't Renee talking enough? And why is there three people out there? But on the Mayan Classic, it, it doesn't feel so rehearsed. It feels a lot more natural. Like, I know that they have certain things that they're supposed to say. Like, you know, Renee saying the whole thing about Alexander McQueen. Like, I understand that those things are, like, tidbits. They're supposed to drop about the wrestlers. But it still doesn't feel forced. It feels like mm-hmm. they're just going through the progression of it. So I wanted to really give them a shout-out for having a really good show uh, this week. Yeah, and the other thing that I appreciated was that this is about the tournament and the wrestlers. There weren't any bickering or personal attacks or mm-hmm. anything trying to get a storyline over with the commentary team. It was really about telling the story of the competitors and also what was happening in the ring, and I really did appreciate that focus. I did too. It's a good look. All right, so now we're going to talk about what's going to happen next week as we get our final first-round matchups. So we're going to have Hirio Matsumoto versus Rachel Evers, Tanara Conti versus Jesse Alaban, Isla Don versus Nicole Matthews, and Io Shirai versus Zaya Brookside. So Miss Jupiter Julep, any of those ladies that you are familiar with or anybody unfamiliar that you're excited to learn more about? Um, so the only one, uh, the only name that rings about uh, Bella is Rachel Evers. Uh, wasn't she there last year? And isn't she Paul Ellering's daughter? C-N-C. And wasn't she, was she also trained by Lance Storm? Yes, she was. Yeah, and okay. Okay, go ahead. On, and she's Cassie's on those girlfriend. See, so you know, not- there's a lot. There's a lot. I, I mean, you know, I was all positive, positive, positive. Oh, you know. Oh no. Oh, and, and you know what? You can throw that shade. I wasn't gonna do it. You're right. Um, they're really cute. Like they they pop up on my timeline on Twitter from time to time. 
I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, y'all are a cute little couple. Um, and I like Paul Ellering when he was like out here being the mouthpiece for AOP. Like, I really miss him being the mouthpiece for AOP. But that's neither here nor there. Continue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you, oh, now I can't think of anything other than Rockstar Spud scarring oh, you for life on a weekly basis. But uh, I, I'll, I'll leave it alone. The other person that I am very interested in seeing is Io Shirai. I've heard so much about her. I am looking to looking forward to see um, what she does in a ring. I'm looking forward to see the costume, the walk down, all of it. So those those are the two that I'm interested in um, mostly for next week. All right, man. So, what is that? How about you? I'm gonna echo Juju Like um, obviously, I know who Rachel Evans is. I'm kind of. I'm looking forward to seeing if she's improved in the ring. I know that she's been wrestling in NXT because I've seen her in a couple of NXT matches since the May Young Classic. Um, and she's still a little like, I'm so happy to be here, smiley. And, you know, it's Hill for Life over here. So that doesn't really mm-hmm. do much for me. Um, but I'm so excited to just kind of see her in the ring and her giving it a go, another go round. Um, Io Shirai, I've never seen her before but I've heard amazing things so I'm really looking forward to her um and the other women most of them are names I don't know so I'm just kind of looking forward to just being exposed to a wrestler that either I've only seen once or twice or that I've never seen so this is all like super new um and just seeing you know what these matches bring me it's sometimes it's kind of nice to not know anything about the person that you're about to watch just because you have no opinion. You're just like, all right, I'm going to be as positive about this as possible. And if you just kind of go there, you don't have any expectations, so you don't have that let down. And at least for me, I tend to enjoy the matches a lot more because of it. All right. So at this point, I'm going to open it up to the ladies so they can give their shout outs and thank yous. So, Miss Mademoiselle, I'll let you start that off. As always, shout out to both of you guys for having me on this show. Shout out to Duper Julie, especially for letting me call that girl Bubba Sparks and just laughing with me. <laughs> um, shout out to my best friend because he always gets shout outs. Uh, and, you know, shout out to everybody who's been, you know, watch, listening to us and enjoying the episodes and providing feedback. It's much appreciated. All right. Miss Jupiter Julep, your thank yous and shout outs. Uh, yeah, I echo that. You know, shout out to both of you for uh, for doing this project of the Me Young Classic and talking about women's wrestling every week, which I do do appreciate. Um, and Star Starwin because he does always get shout outs. That's two this this episode. Anwar count them two. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, the people who reach out to us on Twitter, we I you know I don't want to. You, Madam Lizette and Dawn, but I'm always happy to to talk about uh, what we said, what we didn't say, and women's wrestling. So, yeah, I'm at Jupiter Julia 24. You know, come holler at me about this episode or any other thing that you would like to talk about. Um, and a very special shout out to the news baby in our family, Zayden, who was just born this week, and we we hope that he has a very blessed and long and happy and healthy life. Amen. Yeah, congratulations, family. Congrats, congrats. Thank you. I'd like to give a shout out to both my co-hosts here, Jupiter Julep and Madame Lizette. Give a shout out to everybody who listens each and every week to all the programs here on the CSPN. Thank you for embracing the 
for every young cast the way that y'all have um, retweeting and listening it's been a very strong rollout so we are very thankful for that continue to support our sponsors by going to cspn.us clicking on the tab that says keep our podcast free click on any of those tabs do your shopping like you normally would some of your purchase comes back to us to help keep all the shows here running smoothly and free on the network also, if you'd like to subscribe to us directly, subscribe to our Patreon page. Give to us directly through CSPN Media on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. Become a patron, get exclusive podcasts from all your favorite podcasts here on CSPN. So for Jupiter Julep 24 and Madame Lizette, I'm Don DeLaRente. This has been episode three of the Forever Young cast. We'll see you next week. Like you know me. Treat me for just to be one.